Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. So we're still looking at this third section in Psalm 119. And the focus here is on his request that the Lord was, would open his eyes so that he may behold wonderful things in the law. And what we saw from yesterday is that there's a fourfold frustration or fourfold difficulty that he enters into. And it's intriguing because two of those are hostility from those around him. He's in the midst of people who are, who are scorning him and slandering him. And it's interesting how often prayer is forged in the furnace of hostility. So you have Daniel who's going to 
who's dedicated to praying three times a day as his enemies watch to entrap him. And Jesus is praying in the garden, and that's where his enemies go to trap him. And it's prayer in the midst of pressure. Now, a couple things to notice from Psalm 119. Notice in verse 17 how it it begins, deal bountifully with your servant, and then ends in 23, your servant meditates on your statutes. So that frames this section, the confession that he's the servant. And that's the posture. In 17, he's a servant who will obey the word. In 23, he's a servant who will meditate on the word. And the only way the word can do its work in our life is if we see ourselves as its servant. And then the request for God to deal bountiful, bountifully with him is a request that God will provide all he needs and help sustain him. But notice the way that he does it in, this, in those difficult situations is through opening up his eyes to behold wonderful things in the word. Both provision and protection come through revelation. He asked to really see, but see beauty and wonder in the word. Similar to the story of Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 6, where they're surrounded by the enemy army, and he's afraid. And then the angel says, open up his eyes so he can see, and he can see the Lord of hosts that are surrounding him. And he knows that he's protected. And so the lesson that we need to learn here is that we need to pray passionately for the opening up of our eyes. This revealing. This is the only way that the Word can do its work. And so we're thinking about, you know, why do we need this? I mean, why can't we just pick up the Bible and read? I mean, I know how to read. I have eyes. I have a brain. I can read things. Why is it necessary for the Lord to open up our eyes? And you see, this is an essential ingredient to proper interpretation. In order to properly understand and interpret the Word, it's a miracle. You need your eyes open to behold wonder. I can't understand the Word, no matter what type of linguistic skills, what type of cultural background, knowledge, no matter how sophisticated my Bible software is, I cannot understand the Word apart from the Spirit of God. He opens up the word, and he opens it up to the humble and the hungry. They have to be humble to be the servant of the word, and they have to be hungry to understand it and feed on it and encounter the God of the word. Because the goal of the Spirit is to draw you in and to keep you in fellowship with God, and the word is the means to do that. So here in the midst of all the frustrations that he can experience, his focus is on beholding wonder in the word. Now, that word for open is the exact same word in verse 22 that the New American Standard translates take away or remove. It's really the word for uncover. Uncover the covering on my eyes so I can behold. And then uncover or take away, remove the reproach. And if you think about it, there's actually a twofold uncovering that has to happen. We have scales on our eyes and we can't see. That's why. Paul experienced after he saw the Lord and was blinded and then was baptized. It says that the scales fell from his eyes, those things which were keeping him from seeing. But then also Paul says in 1 Corinthians that the Old Testament has a veil. It's veiled. And so we actually need this twofold illumination, the scales on our eyes removed and then the veil of the Old Testament removed. And then notice as it ends, 
Verse 21 is a great word of caution. You rebuke the arrogant and the cursed who wander from your commandments. So he's reminding himself of what's at stake and that no matter how frustrated he gets or how difficult the world gets, he's gonna, he is going to commit despite the difficulty. And then there's a threefold responsive commitment that he gives. Do you notice it? Verse 22, take away the reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. The first thing is he's going to experience freedom from human criticism in reward for his devotion. See, he knows at some point he'll be vindicated. No matter how the wicked are slandering him now, at some point he will be free from their criticism. He'll be vindicated. But then he commits to persistence in God's truth despite very powerful critics. Even if the princes sit and plot against him, he's going to meditate on the word. So he's committed to being persistent. And then that confidence that he'll be vindicated, the commitment to persistence, then leads in verse 24 to delight. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. So he delights in the word and he's willing to follow it and conform to it wherever it leads. So no matter how difficult life gets, no matter how frustrated he is with himself, his his circumstances, or those around him, his commitment to the word will lead to delight. And may it be so for us as well. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, 